Hey, 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 we are back, and welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bounds, along with Sybil K., Heather France, and Paige Royal. Now, we are back for part three for the search for Amaya Robertson. Sybil, lay it on us. Thank you. For those just joining, in Indianapolis, Indiana, on March 16th of this year, eight-month-old baby Amaya Robertson was reported as missing by her mother, Amber Robertson. Police soon found out that this case was a little different to most and through their investigations found that Amaya had actually been missing since March 9th. From the day she was reported missing, Amaya's case has been thrown into a twisted web of conflicting stories, confusion, and unanswered questions, causing thousands of people to ask that question, where is Amaya Robertson? And that it once again, that is a good question. And we have not been able to find her. But we are doing a damn good job, I think. At least uh, the team has given such a, a great effort uh, in trying to find her. Well, we're here for part three. Like I said, the search for Amaya Robertson. We, we had last week, we had Cece and we had Keith, the uh, biological father of Amaya Robertson. Tonight, we have uh, Patricia. Patricia, how do you say your last name? Because I don't like to get people's last names mixed up. My last name is Turner. Okay, Patricia Turner. Okay, I just want to make sure. Patricia, welcome to the show. Um, so let's start with you. Um, you are Keith's sister. You, um, how did you find out? Take us back and explain when everything took place, transpired, how did you find out? Right around when the news story broke, uh, her finally reporting, am I missing? Um, my brother had called me. Okay. And just informed me that Amber had told him that Amaya was missing. Um, I guess they had a short conversation over the phone. Um, he was going to petition the court for DNA and to get custody of the Amaya and Amber was made aware of that and just the very next day is when the news story broke and Amber and Keith had had a conversation that morning where she had called him and told him that he needed to find Amaya first. Okay so she told she actually told him that he has to find Amaya first before they can do a DNA test. So why did your brother respond to that? I, I think he was just kind of dumbfounded. He didn't know what what to say. Um, he did contact the police. They did come over, talk to him. They took the report of everything that she had said and everything that had spent, had happened since the baby came up missing. Okay. And then since then, I don't think there's been no action between him and any detectives or anything. Okay. So we're just kind of out here searching, doing everything that we can to find her. We don't know which way to go. We've we've searched, we've looked, we've talked. And the only thing that I could come to to even give Maya a voice if we can't find her and we can't put anyone in jail right now is to try to work on getting this law passed. But then what happens to another child? I agree. I agree. Just not too long ago, I think in Gas City, there was 
a stepmom that something happened to her daughters and to her stepdaughter, and that night she was reported missing. Why wait? Well, the the reason with that case that's here in my in my county, um, and that's just not far uh-huh. from where I live. And actually, what happened in okay. that situation? She it, apparently, I believe, Sybil, if I and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the girl she uh, claimed that the girl left at four o'clock, and she reported her missing around eight p.m. or nine p.m. Yeah, there was. Well, said she around four, I believe. That went was disciplined or went to her room, uh-huh. or and or that's when somebody saw her leave. But yeah, about four hours later, eight thirty to nine o'clock. Yeah, reported called the father, and then reported her missing. Right, that she was a runaway. And, and see, Patricia, in in this case, um, I don't know if you uh, know the uh, the updates, but come to find out, um, they found the uh, the little girl, the ten year old girl, deceased, um, and then her stepmother gave a confession. Uh, that she was responsible for that. Now, when the, the now it all makes sense why she waited to call. She was trying to make it out like this little girl ran away or whatever. Didn't think that the response was going to be the way it was. And so now we have your situation with your niece. And so this is like a similar situation, except Amber waited a lot longer to, you know, make this call. Yeah, any of that time from the time your child is gone and you don't see them, if you don't call the police immediately and report them missing between that time and the time that you do, that's just cover-up. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. That is time for you to cover-up. I mean, like the Casey Anthony case. A month? Yeah. Amber, a, a week? Over a week? Right. It's ridiculous. I mean, if I don't see my child... You know, if they're out riding their bike and I don't see them every five or ten minutes, I'm going to look for them. And if I don't find them within 20, the cops are going to be at my house. So, Patricia, I just wanted to um, go back to the beginning. I just wanted to clarify or make sure I heard you correctly on the time frame um, that your brother Keith was going to petition the courts to get DNA uh, to see if he was the father of baby Amaya. And did you say the next Correct. the next day she was reported missing, but the phone conversation or the conversation between him and Amber, where she stated that he would have to find her first, had she already reported Correct. her missing, or did she say that before she reported her missing to the police? She had reported her missing. Okay, okay. I just wanted to clarify that I didn't hear that right. Okay. Thank you. From my understanding, I mean, that's what I believe. Okay. Okay. When Keith asked for the DNA from Amber, was his intention to gain custody of the child? Definitely. And what made him think that he needed to take that step uh, to gain custody being the father, if he were the father? What, I guess, what motivated him to feel like he needed to step in and say, you know what, I'm going to get custody of this child? Were her actions... Um, neglectful, or can you speak on that? Um, Keith was friends with, I believe it's possibly, I think, Amber's uncle and a niece. Um, He actually gave them a place to stay. And they are the ones that told Amber that Keith was petitioning the court. Um, 
but they also was telling Keithy that the baby is doesn't have a home. She doesn't have this. She doesn't have that. They're living in a shed. Keithy had on numerous occasions called CPS to make reports. He had tried to contact Amber numerous times to go and get DNA tests. She refused. And the only other alternative was for him to hire an attorney to get the baby. Um, he regrets waiting as long as he did, but it was so up in the air whether, I mean, she would say, oh, no, you're not the dad. Logan's the dad. You're not the dad. Robbie's the dad. Or, you know, I mean, there was five or six possibilities. Right. So he just went ahead and did it. Right. And now, had he seen Amaya at all before questioning her about the DNA? Had he ever interacted with Amaya? Or did Amber allow him to see Amaya at all? Amber never allowed him to see Amaya. The only thing that he did was have pictures of Amaya, and that was through other people that were sharing pictures. Did Keith actually meet Amber through the cousins or the people living with him? Is that how they met? I can't hear you. I'm sorry. I was just asking, did he meet Amber through um, her relatives that were living with him? Yes. Okay. Okay, so... What we're looking at, uh, Patricia, um, you know, this has done happen. And, you know, your brother has been, you know, he was trying to find out if the child was his. Did at any time, did it, did it come up to you? Did you compare Amaya's pictures with your brother's other children? Did, did they look alike? Was there any similarities between them? She looks just like our cats. Okay. She- I'd say 100% that she was keeping. Oh, 100%. Okay. Okay, great. I mean, just just from our baby pictures and our kids' pictures, I mean, there's such a resemblance. She, she looks just like us. Okay. Okay. So, um, did you ever have a chance to talk to Amber yourself after everything unfolded? No. I, I've never talked to Amber. I was at a protest that Amber attended and I actually left the protest. I, I, I don't want to speak with her. I have nothing nice to say to her. Well, I can understand. Uh, How did she act there? I mean, did you observe her? I mean, for the small amount of time you may have been there, did you observe her behavior and how did she come across? Her behavior was just uh, like she was another person protesting, not like a mom. I mean, not crying, not emotional, just kind of, you know, smoking her cigarettes and drinking her pop and yelling and screaming what we were yelling and screaming. You know, at one point she did say something and I told her to not say it again and be quiet. What is she She was not very... Um, we were out front of the babysitter's home and she was had started screaming baby killer and I told her, not, don't do it again. You know, I will not have anything to do with anything that's not peaceful. Right. We don't know. We don't know whether that babysitter had anything to do with this. Right. I agree. Right. But what Correct. we do know is that Amber is a mother of a child that she'd never cared for. She waited a week to report her missing. A week. Who goes a week without calling and seeing if they need diapers, wet wipes, formula? I mean... If they're ill, if they're okay, if they have clothes. I mean, who does that? Amber Robertson. Right, right. I mean, we, again, have gotten reports and tips just recently in this past few days um, about neglectful actions 
um, about possibly trying to feed a Maya rotten formula. Um, the list goes on as far as to answer your, you know, I know the question, it wasn't really a question who does this, but the list goes on with the neglectful actions that have come in from multiple family members, from other people who have cared for Amaya. So it isn't just one person giving us these tips to say, well, you know, she treated her this way, or we've seen photos with a lump on her head. We've seen photos that look as though she is drugged. Amaya is drugged, pale, lethargic. So to answer that question, the rhetorical question, that's who does that. We know this. Mm-hmm. Yep. It just sickens me. I mean, the police, from my understanding, Robbie hit Amber with his car. The police was called. A report was made about that incident. And then, oh, by the way, my baby's missing. So, yes, the police were never called about that incident. When would she have been reported missing? Correct. And we're still trying to even nail down that because we've got mixed accounts even on that as to if she called in immediately or if she waited and called in later in the evening, we're still getting tips on that that conflict. So it, it is possible she didn't even tell the police at the same time that she had this incident with Robbie. There's a possibility, again, we can't nail it down 100% yet, that she still waited to call in a separate tip about Amaya. And again, that's wow. that's something we haven't even been able to verify yet because we have mixed accounts on what actually went down that night. Sad. I I I just have no answers for her. Yeah, she needs to be in jail. She needs to be in jail. Yes, yeah, she sure does. Yes. All right. And, and yeah, and definitely this new this new baby that's getting ready to be born, and I believe in December sometime. Our our mission now, you know, we're not just a podcast or a team that. We're not just here to report news. We actually want to help people take action steps. That's why we have you on about Amaya's Law. And our our follow-up is we want to make sure that this does not happen to the new baby. Um, so, you know, we're going to follow up on that avenue. We're not going to, after this podcast, just let that drop. We have to make sure yeah. that that is followed up on, and we certainly will. Yeah, she's right about Thank that. You. Yes. Absolutely. Definitely needs followed up on. I mean, if I'm assuming from just what I've been told, her due date, if you back it up, she was busy making a baby while we were out hunting for her second child. Wow. Right around the time Amaya right around the time Amaya came out missing, she was making another baby. I mean how do you do that? I, I can't understand how that thought could even process in her mind at that point. If it was me, I'd probably be in a mental asylum. I wouldn't be able to eat or sleep, let alone think of that. So that baffles me. Yeah. But I totally, totally the agree. Person she is, and I'm not really surprised. It just... I mean, and, and who's this baby's daddy? I mean, is he going to stand up and take care of it? Five guys potentially from what I've counted thus far. Yep. And I'll throw this out there and we won't go into details about it, but since this is going to be our, our last podcast about it, um, part of some of the evidence we've seen, and again, I won't go into the specific details that this just gives us a picture. 
The week that she supposedly said she has not seen Amaya since the ninth, there are letters that police do have that are dated in Amber's handwriting that are dated the 13th and the 15th that allude to the fact that she knows Amaya is still alive. And I'm going to, I'm going to word it that way. Again, I won't be specifically in the details of it, but it is dated. It is in her handwriting and it alludes to the fact she still believes Amaya is alive at this point. Okay. And it's written to the individual who's been accused of harming her and, and talking to him in, in a positive way that he's so great with the kids. Yeah. I can't wait to be a family. So those exist and those are evidence and those are facts. If that just, I, I want to let the listeners know that so that they can make up their um, own minds. And I hope and pray. Those letters of him of his behaviors with the children and the way he was with the children, it backs up some other testimonies from people outside of the investigation as well as family members of hers, family members of his. We've heard all sorts of things and they, even her word matches what they're saying about him. So it, it makes no sense really. No, I would pray, I pray that she's still alive. I mean, and, you know, it's, the thought has crossed my mind. Maybe she got word that Keith was going to try to get Amaya and she hit her somewhere. But I just don't understand six months. Where would she be? Who would have her and yeah. not report? Yeah, I don't I don't I really mean, feel like she is. I, I mean, this is my own personal opinion. So let's note that, that this yeah. is my opinion. I do not feel Amaya is still alive. I feel that that week that she wrote those letters to the main suspect, um, that I believe Amaya probably was alive during that week. And, and we've nailed down a pretty yeah. good time frame um, from a day or two. But I do not feel Amaya's alive now. I feel she's deceased. Yeah. But I'm just stating that during that week she claimed that she was missing. I think that was all part of her story to help cover her own tracks. Um, leading up to Amaya's um, whatever did happen yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show you how many stories, and I, I feel almost bad for law enforcement in this case because I get why they have dead ends and are confused or they don't know what direction to turn because every person in this case has either told a different story, had a different date, and it amazes me how nobody could actually remember when they saw this little child and not give out a specific time and a date. I, I still am flabbergasted by it. And that's where my anger stems from it. So I can only imagine yeah. law enforcement's frustration. And that's probably why they, they acted the way they did when they came out with that, um, you know, news newscast or whatever, because they're frustrated too, because it's ridiculous at this point. Ridiculous. Yeah, they, they don't know which way to turn. They don't. And I get why they don't. No. I, I get it. But I don't understand. Here's my thing. Keith, he's a great person. Regardless of a DNA or not, if she would have called and said, I'm in trouble, I can't handle her, I can't afford Amaya, he would have been there in a minute and taken that baby home and raised her as his own. 
that's not how she operates. She uses children as pawns. You know, the children are, are tools for her to get what she wants. So for her to give up that child, then she can't use that child to get what she needs out of a person. And that's what's sad in most of these cases as well, because there's thousands of people who would have these children and give them the best life. And in a lot of cases, the children end up in horrible situations that they shouldn't have to be in. And we need to stop that. Yes, it, it's sad. All right, Patricia, let's talk about what you got going on with the law that you're trying to this you got this petition and you're trying to get a law yeah. passed let let our listeners know what exactly what you're trying to do okay in seven different states they have this law in florida it's called the kaylee law for the casey anthony case that's the unofficial name okay and i want to get it here in indiana and of course the unofficial name here would be amaya's law okay and what this is is you have got to turn Call the police, report your child missing within a time frame, or you will be charged with a felony. Okay, what kind of time frame? I would say 24 hours. I mean, and I know that's absolutely ridiculous, but I am just going based off of what the official law is in the seven other states. Okay, okay. All right, go ahead. So the more signatures I have, now if I get 100,000 signatures, it automatically becomes a nationwide law. How many it is up into how how many signatures system. How many signatures do you have now? I have about four thousand. And how many how many groups are created uh regarding Amaya Robertson? Do you know? Do you have any uh estimated figures on I that? I have I do not. I just know if you punch in her name, it just keeps coming up all kinds of groups um i'm not really in but maybe one or two groups and the only reason i would be in a group would be to pass this law keep sharing and sharing this um, but i can tell you the numbers that are in these groups of the people that care are not the numbers that i have on my pension well you just said the people that care you mean the people that claim they care there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a big difference. Okay, so you've been in touch with some lawmakers here in Indiana, correct? Correct. Okay, um, are they are they in support? Are they supporting this bill? How, how's that looking? It's looking good. I've got two that are definitely in support of the law. Um, it will be introduced into their session, their first session in the year 2020. Um you know, it's too late this year, but the first of the year, the first meeting, the bill will be introduced. Okay, awesome. And the more letters I can get out there and the more signatures I have, the stronger chance we have at getting this all passed. So okay. where are you, um, are you only putting it out on social media platforms right now? Or are you... I didn't just, hear you. I apologize. I'm sorry. Are, do you only have it out right now, maybe through social media platforms? Are you out in the city you know, grassroots, knocking on doors, businesses, how, I mean, how can people help it get it out? On, I just have it out on social media right now. Okay. But any suggestions, I'll take, you know, if I need to go door to door, I'll go door to door. Okay. So that's I'll one do thing I need to do, you know, to get this out. 
you know, I know it was shared in one of the groups I saw that I signed. So anything Thank we could you. do to help get it out or, or get the message out or the listeners. Yeah. I mean, grassroots efforts are always good door to door, you know, seeing if there's businesses that could be posted at. So any ideas? I will have to. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take those ideas and uh, I know I have a couple people that said that they would go door to door with me and to businesses. Mm-hmm. So I think probably that's, the next best avenue to go with this just so I get more signatures. Okay. Not me. We. We. You know, everybody. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. And the more people that can help you do that, the better. Correct. You know, I know this isn't going to do anything with the Maya's case and I know everybody says, oh, that's never going to happen in my family. But you don't know that. You don't know that. That's true. And this law is going to protect children. All children. Never for a minute did I ever think that this would ever happen to anyone in my family. It did. Well. So don't think yeah, that it, it, lot, it's not possible. Yeah. A lot of times as well, when you're watching it on the news, you're reading articles, you forget that it, it's still a human behind all of the words, all of the words on the screen. And there's real families being affected. There's children being affected. And you're right. People don't realize until it happens to them. Correct. Yeah. I was going to say kind of the same thing Paige just addressed. You don't know that it's okay. You don't think it's going to happen or, you know, I'm just kind of coming in on the back end of this case uh, with the team. And then lo and behold, you brought it up this weekend in our own community where Ed and I live. A, a similar situation occurred and it just, you know, it could not our family, but it was our community and it just overtook the community you never know when something like this is going to happen. No. Right. You never know. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that she'll be charged, the, the lady from your, where you guys are from. Yeah, she, she's this been. This law is going to slap, it's going to slap another felony on her. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know how much time a felony is, but I'm assuming some time. Well, uh, Patricia, um, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we will continue to try to help with getting you those signatures. Um, we will be it, and we will, um, you know how to get in touch with me. You know how to get in touch with Heather and the team. And if there's some kind of way, there's a lady that reached out to me earlier that she reached out to somebody on a, on a federal level. And I, sometime tonight or tomorrow, I don't know if I'll be able to get to it tonight, uh, because I got to make sure that she's going to respond. But she was she knew that you was going to be on tonight. And she wanted okay. to uh, give you some help on a federal level. So uh, I'll uh, try that to. That would be amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to try to connect you to. Uh, like I said, I don't know if she'll respond later on tonight. And we'll try to connect you to. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you a lot. Okay. Well. We, like I said, we appreciate you coming on the show, and good luck with everything, and I am hoping that we are hoping that you get this law passed. Thank you, and thank you for your guidance and help. Okay, and you're, wel- you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. All right, have a good evening. Right. You too. Thank you. All right, well, it was, it was good, uh, Sybil, you know, hearing, you know, this aunt who is taking the time to trying to get this in law, and she made it clear that you know, it's not going to do anything to help Amaya Robertson, but least at least 
it will prevent it happening in the future. And it just really happened in our community. Yeah. It, you know, it just wasn't a week, you know. You know how I feel. I've been trying to, to kind of catch up with you guys on this case. And then this happened in our own community. Yeah. And I'm a mother and I'm like sending you messages like, okay, my heart's breaking. My mind's like blown right, right now. Right. And, and I've seen this, you know, I've, I've got the law, kind of law enforcement background. So I'm not, right. you know, I'm familiar with it, but it's like, man, just boom, boom. And yeah. Ooh, as a mother, it, it touches you. It gets you. And, you know, with all of this, we have been working on this case. I mean, yes, this will be the, well, when Heather said earlier about being the last podcast, actually, if we get any updates, we will be back with another one. Uh, however, um, we will be covering other cases. We got a lot of people that mm -hmm. want their, their voices to be heard. But, however, the team is still going to remain working the case and we got some other people that's going to be helping us but heather where where are you at on this after all of these these weeks of working this and talking to different witnesses you know lay it on me give me the rundown of what you're feeling oh goodness um i'm probably feeling like law enforcement was on the day that they gave the news conference um Head is spinning. Um, as many people as I've talked to, her family members, people that have taken care of Amaya, the suspect in question, the suspect's father, you know, her father. Um, my head is spinning in a sense that I just don't get, again, how someone could not just say, you know what, here's what happened. Because we know they know what happened, um, you know, we as a team pretty much have a pretty good idea as to what happened. Um, but after looking at all the evidence, the love letters, uh, <coughs> the potential spots of, you know, where there's potential, where they may have taken her to, um, just the neglect, the unbelievable neglect that has gone, this baby was eight months old. And the unbelievable amount of neglect going on for those eight months again i don't get how cps could let this continue i mean i get they they stayed from couch to couch shed to shed um so i'm sure it was very difficult for cps to keep up with them but again why this child and her brother were not removed from day one is it, it astonishes me and so as a mother myself this case really uh for me was a personal case because I don't understand how a mother could absolutely be so neglectful um, in the manner that this took place and be so manipulative. I mean, even by her own family members admittance to say, you know, she used these children as pawns to get whatever she needed at the moment. And it, it was a very immature, um, especially emotionally immature individual and then to go on camera in the manner that she has in the way that she has and the words that she said it's it's too reflective of the kaylee or the casey anthony story and i know that's been mentioned numerous times but there's too many factors that are so similar to that case um so as a, an investigator i'm appalled i'm disgusted 
my head is spinning. My There's frustrations because you just want somebody to say exactly what happened because they know what happened. They know exactly what happened. Um, and so that's where we leave it right now. But like you said, Ed, we are not done. Uh, tips are coming in every single day, multiple times a day. I'm going to follow up with every one of them, and I'm certainly going to follow up with CPS um, and stay on this yep. case because I will not sit by and watch another child potential to be dead or neglected or abused. And that's, that went on for eight months in this child's life. That's me keeping it real. That's me as an investigator keeping it real. Heather, I wanted to go back to something you just said. I mean, it makes me think she used these children as pawns, or I'm hearing, you know, through all this that yes. she used these kids as pawns. So what gets me in that is if, if Amaya was a pawn in her game to gain whatever she was gaining, almost makes me think, speculating if Amaya has been um, murdered or she's deceased you know she's gone i feel like i don't feel like it was intentional right because right. why would you kill your pawn right. intentionally yeah, I, I don't think it was yeah i don't think it was intentional i think oh I mean, and I, from all the all the things of neglect we've heard right it wasn't intentional because she wouldn't want to get rid of her right her wick benefit you know welfare benefits or yeah. whatever benefits she was getting she didn't want to give those up yeah I, I got that same vibe like know. Like yeah, this was, this all. was probably yeah, something yeah. accidental, not intentional. And now you're in right. panic, you know, fight or flight yeah. panic mo stage. Yeah. That's it is very common. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very common uh, for, it, for it to be a moment of weakness, of anger for them to get frustrated or completely just be negligent. Yeah. And it's not yeah. always intentional. It's not always premeditated. So we do have to take that into account with this case. And I do agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, just the, the levels of neglect that I've heard the stories on. And again, there's there's stories, so I don't want people to to think that you know those we can't say are factual. But these are eyewitness accounts, so I don't know. Those are as close to factual as you can get. People that actually saw what she did to these children. One of the stories is her actually dislocating one of the little. The little boy's arm because he had a fever and was fussing um you know smacking them regularly um wanting them to just basically be quiet leaving them on the floor attempting to feed spoiled formula because of laziness not wanting to get up in the morning um the list goes on with it and so and, and the one child getting supposedly hit in the head with a football. Uh, how, what? Yeah, I just, and again, th these stories just keep coming in. And so, again, I, it makes me ask myself, how many people had to stand by and watch this? How many times did CPS not get involved and just take the child away? Too many people want to adopt children in this world and, and do something to where she's not reproducing any further. Yeah. That's where my anger stems. I agree. I agree. All right, real oh. quick. Uh, uh, I want to ask, Sybil, do you think Amaya Robinson is alive or deceased? Unfortunately, I think she's deceased. She's no longer here. Okay. Heather? Definitely, I feel she's deceased. Um, I, I feel like she may be in a landfill. Okay. Paige? I agree. I believe she's deceased and then I'm unfair. Okay. You know, um, I, b I agree with all three of you. I believe that uh, she's she's deceased as well. Uh, Heather, you already know 
uh, the person that came forward and, and gave us some information and it started it started making sense putting this puzzle together and it's like you go to bed with this I, I I'm just saying for me when I when we yeah. first started working this case I close my eyes and I see a picture of her in the, like the pink and you know the vision is there and I'll turn over one side of my bed and, and it's still there and then I'll turn over and it's like it's been a struggle since we've been working on this and it's it's real you wake up that day and Heather you get headaches and, and you know you know we oh, yeah. wake up saying you know is this going to be the day somebody going to say all right here it is yeah. you know and you keep hoping that new tip that when they call in or when they inbox us or Texas or whatever you're hoping that that person have the the reliable information that we need to get to law enforcement and you know it, we're getting close but it's not where I want us to be right that's the frustrating part and I think and, and the one person that won't speak to us is the mother and that's the one person if, if truly your child's missing I would be if my child came up missing I would reach out to every single human possible every news station every place you could possibly think of and say, please help me. I need your help. I would be frantic. I would be searching. I would do absolutely everything I could. And that's the one person that won't speak. So from all that account, that's where I had hope in the beginning that because we know somebody knows, we know they know, we know this. And just for somebody to, I was hoping that not every, everyone would be so cowardly. Um, that just one person that knew would say, you know what, I'm going to end this charade. I I'm done with this. I'm not going to live with this weight on my shoulders, my chest. I can't sleep at night. I'm not going to do this anymore. And they, they, they'll give you just enough to keep you guessing. They'll, they'll give you just enough tips to keep you wondering. And then they'll, they'll stop real short of just speaking that, that the last word that they need to. But like I said, the one person that isn't talking is the one that typically in a missing person case that I've covered, those are the mothers are the first ones speaking out. Not the case here. I agree. You know, at this point, we all know how we feel. You know, we just want answers and Amaya laid to rest properly. So, and to protect all the future, you know, the situation from happening in the future. So the more we can uh, help Patricia and her petition for Amaya's law, get out there i mean besides social media you know getting a hard getting a hard copy getting it out to businesses moving it around uh door to door i'd, I'd even be personally willing to do that yeah so yeah. all right well we're going to go ahead and wrap it on up um like i said we're still going to work this case and it's just really tough that you know we had to go through all the the walls and and, and, and just go through all the drama just to try to get to get some answers or try to get, you know, some some people to come forward. And it just and Heather, you know, I mean, you've seen it all. And it's just like there's like so much drama, you know, and you would think people would all come together for a baby and say, you know, I may not like you or I may not agree with you. But if I do know something, I will help or I will call in law enforcement at least. And it's just with this case, and then we've seen this with the Delphi, and now we're back, we're seeing it with this case. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and it's insane to me. And, I mean, I think 
as a team, we'll dig further into that maybe as we go on, just to, to find out what is the psychology behind that with, with people that act that way. Um, it's just insane to me. Yeah, well, I agree with you. So, well, all right, guys, we have come to an end. Like I said, you know, yes, this is it. But if there's any new developments or anybody that's involved in the case is willing to come forward, um, we will have you back on the show. So um, that's what we're looking at. So, all right. Um, we will be back with a brand new pursuit next week. And just because we are not covering another, another episode until we get some new developments doesn't mean you do not stop that you stop calling and giving us tips or inboxing us or whatever. We need your help with that. Please continue to reach out to Heather, Paige, and myself. Don't give up because, like I said, it is just a podcast. Our search and our involvement still remains. So just please get in touch with us, okay? All right, well, we're out of here, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.